Hi, and welcome to the show, your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. All right. (laughs) So. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you've heard the show before, you know what we do here. But in case you're new, just a quick refresher. So basically what we do, we have two sides during the show. We have side A and side B. Side A, we pick a topic and we pick our favorite song based on the topic. And then side B is where we discuss an album that was selected by one of the hosts on the previous episode. So let's go ahead and get started and let's drop the needle on side A. All right. So the topic for this episode for side A is drinking songs and not songs that you sing while you're drinking, but songs about drinking. And this was, uh, there was definitely a lot of songs to pick from for sure. A whole lot of music about drinking. And, uh, it was not an easy, easy choice. Uh, there were a lot that I wanted to go with, but the first, one of the first ones that popped in my head is actually the song One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer by George Thorogood and the Destroyers. And this song actually came out in 1977 on his debut album. Um, this is actually a cover. Um, there's actually a couple of different versions of the song. It originally came out in 1953, and then there was a cover in 1966 by John Lee Hooker. And when George Thorogood did this version back in 1977, he actually took two different songs by John Lee Hooker and put them together. And that was, of course, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. And then the other song was House Rent Boogie. So it's actually two songs together in, in one, uh, one song. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is just a song that, um, I, it's, it's been a part of my life for a very long time. Who knows when I first heard it? Um, I mean, the song actually came out before, like a year before I was born. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just a great song. It's got a great beat. I love that it's telling a story. Uh, I think the story is fantastic. There's so many moments in the song that I always get a chuckle every time I hear the, the lyric. Like one that always comes to mind that always makes me laugh is, uh, uh, when he, his friend tells him that he can't stay here, that his girlfriend's a little bit funny and he's like i know and you're funny too um i just always like the delivery of of that lyric um i also am a fan of uh bourbon scotch and beer so i just enjoy the song because i like uh all those different types of alcohol um so yeah um great song and uh, I just really enjoy the lyrics. I like his his voice, and and I just like that that bluesy guitar, you know, kind of garage rock uh, sound. And uh, yeah, that's my choice. Definitely the one that came to mind right away when when we discussed this topic, and uh, it definitely stuck with it because it, I think it's phenomenal, and I think it's it's here to stay, and people are gonna be listening to it till you know the end of uh, humanity. So <laughs> there you go. Cool, cool. So, first off, let me say that 
one, I love the song because it reminds me of those back end pool halls that you'll go to. You know, the little CD spot that got the smoke all in the air, but then somebody puts the song on and everybody starts grooving while you're trying to take somebody's money on the table. That's that's exactly what it reminds me of. And uh, it, it definitely hit the spot. It hit home. Like you said, it's that bluesy rock kind of sound that, you know, is is, is definitely in the flow. Um, I like the way that the lyrics were not like quite on beat. How you just kind of like spit everything out there. And you did have to catch everything that was being said because there were a lot of funny parts in it. So I'll, I'll definitely give you kudos on that one. That's that's a good one. I could definitely see myself listening to that in the bar, holding the beer in the air or or, or scotch or bourbon. <laughs> Probably all three and uh, chugging them back as I'm trying to take somebody's money on the pool table. So, yeah, we're good. Nice. So it. I, I like this song a lot. Um, I um, I had thought about doing the song. I had thought about doing the the John Lee Hooker version, but but this one was was good. Um, yeah, it, for sure. There's funny parts, especially the, the the part where you know she's like, "Where's the where's the Ford rent?" And he's like, "You'll be lucky if you get the back rent." Actually, you're getting nothing. Like he just he just follows up with that story so well but yeah it's yeah it's on point because and i can see why it's two songs put together because it you you're three minutes in before you uh, get to the oh you're three minutes in until you get to the you know first chorus line so but yeah it was excellent though yeah this is a song that i i remember hearing a lot when i was a kid and it's in every bar and when there are a lot of smoking bars this is all you heard this goes along with like lots of smoke, lots of drinking, lots of trashy fights. I could see. <laughs> was it in? Was it in Roadhouse? Roadhouse. This wasn't in Roadhouse, right? No, nah, in Roadhouse it should have been. Or I don't know if that even correlates with the right time. What, yeah, about the same time, right? What the interesting no. thing? Roadhouse came out in the late '80s. This is from '77. Oh, yeah. Late '80s. Oh wow, that's that is older than I thought it was. Man. Yeah, no, this is a it's a really good beat. It definitely fits your style, Brandon. Uh, it's just, it, yeah, it's really cool, man. I could, I could definitely. What movies did this song play in? It must have been in a ton of movies, right? Well, I'm sure I mean, it has been. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah, it had to have been in a bunch of films. Yeah. And now I didn't listen to like their a lot of their other stuff, but is a lot of their music like this though, or is just like their? Well, it's kind of. The, I think the other big hit that you would know is "Bad to the Bone." Oh yeah, going with it. Okay, that's. I was like, there's, there's just another song that just reminds me of. It's a sped up version of "Bad to the Bone," and it was like, yes, and yeah. it says now. So, yeah. When the the other thing that I think is is interesting is, and the, it may have just been like a cultural thing at that time, but like I know, I think this one has it too. But like, isn't there a line where the last call for alcohol is at three o'clock? And I was like. Dang, like, did, did the laws change or is that just a regional thing where some places the bar is open? It's, I think it's a like, regional thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's some places where the bar doesn't close. It's open 24 <laughs> hours a day. Okay. Yeah, I want to okay. say some people, like, live by this song. This is like their, <laughs> their anthem, you know? They wake up to this shit and start drinking. <laughs> fucking boogie out the door. And it's if like you're drinking, if you're drinking one bourbon, one scotch, one beer a night, that's great restraint. I just have to say <laughs> that's like a really good mix. <laughs> yeah, but but he's not. He's drinking. No, I know, like I know. Three hours. <laughs> but if I if I did that, I'm like I'm proud of myself. I'm very proud of myself. 
Yeah, I can save our money because that bourbon and scotch is not going to be cheap. <laughs> no, though, so probably like the bar that he's going to, you know, is going to be cheap and he's probably not going top shelf. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That'd be cute <laughs> city, man. They got the fruit flies inside the bottle and you hold it up to the light. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would turn into a different situation if it's like you're just drinking a drink. <laughs> I mean, you don't care if it's top shelf. All right. Well, I think. Point. And then in the song, he's drinking and he's trying to like forget that his his girl left him as well. Right. So, so he doesn't yeah. give a fuck what he's drinking. Piss water. Probably not. Whatever. He just wants to forget. Right. Cool. That's a bad reason to drink. Because if you drink every time a girl break up with you, you are going to turn into a habit forming situation and you can't get out of it. I'm just saying. <laughs> PSA. For everybody, if your girl breaks up with you, don't drink. Just go to the bar and look for one of her friends and try to smash. That's how you get over. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Let her get. No, no, we ain't even gonna go there. Um, <laughs> just gonna say uh, there are other ways to deal with that type of situation. Yeah, I don't right. think roofies go into a bourbon, a scotch, or a beer very well. Though I don't think that's what he's what? talking about. <laughs> I don't think that's not talking about roofies. No, that's not what he was talking about. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, when when uh, no. Dietrich said there's other ways to go, <laughs> it's like no, 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 it's other a, for a girlfriend. That's that's it. That's that's what uh, I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move Fine. along. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we've said enough about that song. Um, all right, Damon, what you got? Uh, my songs are a little bit on the other end of the spectrum. Different uh, style band, a little bit newer. Kind of like, I guess that's that's probably my style too. You, your seventies, I'm nineties to two thousands. You know, but. Um, so my one of my uh, favorite bands. I've seen these guys live. I don't know how many times. I think I think at least five times. Um, I've seen them in different versions of themselves as well. Uh, but uh, this version of them is Tool. Um, Tool's been around since the uh, early '90s, and my pick, my song pick, is Sober. Sober is a song that I guess it's like up for your interpretation, but it's also kind of about addiction. It's about fighting addiction and um, coming out of that, maybe not coming out of it. <laughs> so that's that could be a tough thing. You know, drinking is fun, but it's also, I guess, like even George Thor- Thorogood says, you know, he's drinking because his, his girl left, you know. So, um, yeah, but this this uh, this song is, I think it's one of, probably one of the songs I, I think of a lot when I think of like earlier Tool. And uh, this, this album came out in 93. Um, Undertow is the album and, uh, Sober is the song. And there's a large, uh, co- large list of songs and albums from Tool. Um, so that was my pick. I don't know what y'all think of that. The lead singer is, uh, Maynard James Keenan. And he's, um, also, uh, I guess, a, a smolier 
that's like a, a good a wine expert and he has a vineyard in arizona so check out his uh he's got a really cool documentary on that too and he, he sells his own wine i can't think of the name of it but look him up and look up wine and you'll find it but yeah that's uh yeah it goes along with you know so i'm sober <laughs> he's not always sober himself but i think he i think he knows how to deal with it so but a lot of a lot of tool songs you know they have a lot of meaning in them and they're they're a metal band but they're uh yeah they have they have some slow stuff some fast stuff but there's there's a lot of meaning in their in their songs and that's what i like about the band a lot um but uh yeah so i don't know if you guys listen to tool other than my homework for this song that i gave you nah, i love go ahead guitar. no no you go you go ahead Mm-mm, no i'm good you go ahead <laughs> Um, so th- this was, uh, yeah, I, I don't normally listen to a lot of Tool. Uh, <laughs> this was an interesting one. I mean, um, I did listen to it a couple times. I, d- I should have gone and, and read the lyrics. Um, you know, it, I'm, it, it was kind of a weird, I can see why it's a drinking song, but it was kind of a weird drinking song for me. But it was interesting when you had made this pick, I thought about, um, cause, uh, I was bouncing back and forth on kind of what type of drinking song I wanted to do and that you'd made this pick earlier on. And I would almost picked, uh, yeah. uh, Johnny Cash's, uh, Sunday morning down, uh, which I'm not sure if you're okay. familiar with that one, but that's like a hangover song. It's almost a drinking song, but it's like, it's about him waking up with a hangover and going out to get more drinks. Uh, but yeah, so the, this is, it, it was an interesting song. Um, uh, pick for sure. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, it, but I'm glad that you, you put it on there. And it, again, I didn't know it was about, you know, addiction. Um, you know, with me personally, like I, you know, I started drinking, you know, in my twenties, but I was super nervous about drinking because, um, my biological dad is, was like addicted to stuff. So like I was always over analyzing if I was addicted to alcohol or not. <laughs> so whenever I drank, so it took me a while to finally reach my comfort level. That's like, you know, I, I do it to enjoy it, but I'm not doing it because I'm addicted. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel you. Um, yeah. My sister has like an issue like that too. And she, she really likes tool as well, but she, I remember her talking about this song and seeing she can relate to it because of that. And it's just, uh, you know, it's good to have like awareness out there, but it's also nice to have fun too. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not all about, you know, it's all, it's, it's all about self control, but everybody's got some shit going on at one point or other all the time. Never, you know, it's different for everybody. So, right. but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a good take on that, Taj. Cool. cool. Right now, what you got, man? Yeah, I, I mean, I've listened to to some Tool, not not a whole bunch, but I know I definitely have heard a couple albums from beginning to end, and I feel like I've heard this full album. I I don't remember when, but um, yeah, I mean, like I when the song started, I didn't actually know the I didn't know the name of the song, but as soon as it started playing, I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard this before. I I know this, and uh, and I've always I've always liked the song. I do enjoy the sound. Um, I never really thought of it as a, a a song about addiction or about about drinking but i think it's because it's it's sort of that kind of like argument of like what makes a great song is it the lyrics or the music and for me this one's where it's always been more music
music for me than it ever was about the lyrics. When I hear Tool, I always think of the sound and I don't think about the lyrics that accompany that sound. And that's kind of how I feel about this. So I was a little surprised that it was about that because I've just always known the song for just like the, 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 the sound and then the, the, his, his vocals, but not what he's actually saying. Um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe I should pay more attention, but, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like the song any less because I didn't know what he was saying. Um, so anyway, no, I, I do enjoy the song and, and for the most part, I, I like Tool. I just haven't really explored too much of them, their, their work, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a good song. And, you know, I, I had to look the lyrics up while, uh, while I was listening to it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good choice. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know what you mean too. Like, I get lost in the, the lyrics and, or the, the music and not really like the lyrics with their stuff a lot. So I can see, I can see where you come from with that for sure. Cause everybody's trying to just have a good time and like, I don't know, party when they're listening to Tool, whatever you're doing. But I, I, I get every album that they come out with. I saw them right before the shutdown. So that was my last band. I saw it live before the shutdown, but, uh, yeah. Nice. I was going to say this track in, in particular, the kind of, kind of took me sideways because it almost reminded me of corn. Yeah. Yeah. Tones and, and how they came across with, with their rhythm. So it was, it was kind of like a throwback moment for me. It was like, oh man. And then I remember listening to the song, um, not really being into the lyrics, but more so into the transitions, um, that came in in between the song. So, but actually going back and reading over the lyrics and everything, I could definitely see why this would be about addiction and, and somebody's stronghold that it has on them and what they could do with it. So yeah, kudos to you, man. That was a good pick. No problem. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I like your take on that, Tedrick. And yeah, the other bands that Maynard has uh, started as side projects, he's got uh, Pucifer and A Perfect Circle. Those are two really good bands. No um, Perfect Circle is one of my favorite bands, too. I've seen them live. I just, I think this is probably one of my ultimate all-time favorite bands in the metal genre. And I call it, I don't know if it's new metal, like the, the NU new metal, but it's like, uh, cause they're from the nineties, but it kind of like sort of fits a little bit, but, um, they fit a couple genres. But yeah. These guys, these guys are awesome. Uh, listeners, if you haven't heard tool, you might go down that tool rabbit hole, become a fan. Right. So what's everybody drinking tonight, by the way? <laughs> Just coffee and water, really? <laughs> I know. No, I'm just kidding. No, no pressure. I'm drinking Pinot Grigio out of a box, box wine. Damn. <laughs> no. I got uh, some Crown Royal peach. I got to make it a nice little festive situation <laughs> coming into the nice. summer. So, yeah, that's all I know. That and I'm chasing with Gatorade Zero. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Taking after George. Yeah, good, I guess. Make it through the podcast. So yeah, that's, that's what's up. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move on to Diedrich. Hey, so this is a band that's out of Austin. Um, they're actually a rap group. Um, it's three members: Full Blown Samurai and uh, Van Gogh. We would call themselves, and so they call themselves Texas Legacy, and they came out about 2004. Um, started making songs and putting everything together and they actually released the album. It was self-titled album, um, Texas Legacy in 2006. So they had a song on there. The song was called Drinking. Drink, 
and basically is about being at a party and, and getting fucked up. Um, so that's that's the the mix of the song, and you know, for the most part, each had their own individual take on on what they do as far as drinking and everything. But it immediately came to my head because they're literally just talking about drinking. Um, you know, one's being really silly with it, one's naming off all the stuff he likes, one's actually giving you something that you don't want to sip lightly or because you know you, you could definitely mess yourself up with that so um that's the song and that's the album that came out in 2006 yeah came out in, in 2006 and that's it so what do y'all think about drinking <laughs> it, it was on point <laughs> for sure like it was totally on point um yeah no i i liked it a lot uh, it was the first time for me hearing it <laughs> i'm surprised i guess i should have seeked it out sooner but yeah it was uh you know uh yeah awesome song i like the hook i like the gonna slap a heine for a heineken line you know that, that's just like is yeah you you covered the whole basis on it <laughs> so he even has some funny parts in there where you know somebody's talking like it, that they're a female and you're like what, what, what are you doing like this this is unusual <laughs> but like it fits in the song and then yeah plus i like the whole story about how it's see twins but then it's like nope i'm just drunk there's only one of them it's like nope i see twins again you're like okay (laughs) yeah yeah they they kind of have fun with this one for real uh um it's funny the hook is actually taken from two different rap groups the first part is taken from a group called the alcoholics shout out to them and the second part of the hook is talking to crack the 40 open homie that's actually coming from the loonies the song i got five on it so yeah they just took those two parts mixed them together and made a hook out of it so appreciate you what what else who else brandon what you got uh yeah i mean i was definitely not familiar with with the uh artist or the song um yeah it was it was all right it was all right uh i don't don't know i don't know what what to say i mean like it definitely fits the bill you know like when you're like when the topic is you know a song about drinking this is it um for sure and uh it is definitely a party song um it will you know will i listen to it again i probably probably won't um i'm not sure in a month from now i'll remember the name of the artist <laughs> but it's just like it's not all it's not necessarily my my cup of tea like i'm not necessarily into like party songs per se you know what i mean like like a lot of the drinking songs i feel like i listen to are more about why not to drink <laughs> so you know like i listen to like outlaw country and then i'm like the bottle let you down type stuff i'm like yeah i've been there so um yeah so you know i don't listen to a lot of party songs and i don't party a lot but uh but this song definitely like i said it it fits the category for sure and uh it, it's not a bad song by by any means um it, it is a good song and and decent song good song yeah but uh yeah probably probably won't hear it again anytime soon but I, i'm not saying it's bad i hope i hope that's clear i'm not saying it's bad no 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 good you are completely good say so, yeah speak your truth damn what you got to think about it 16 32 it what is it 40 ounce? <laughs> <laughs> uh I'll drink them all. So, um, yeah, I also would slap a Heine for a Heineken, yo. 
They're from Austin. That's cool. Yeah. So have you seen them? You said you've seen them live. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. them. All right, yeah. <laughs> so let me know when the next time they're playing, man. That'd be awesome to go check these guys out. And yeah. I like, I like the song. I like party songs. I like the party. Um, probably this summer I get some party on. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's cool, up. Cooler full of Heinekens, and I'm ready to go. That's what's up. So I've just been laughing in the background this whole time. Right. So I'll go ahead and let the cat out the bag. That's actually my group. Nice. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Why the fuck didn't we know? <laughs> what? You didn't Wait, see what the was your album name? cover? What was your name? My name was Full Blown. <laughs> that was my rap group back back in the day. That was that was us trying to get out of Austin with a song, but it wasn't that song. That wasn't our our single song. That we didn't even release that as a single. That just happened to be on the album. So when we started was, talking about drinking songs, it was the first thing that came to my mind and like kind of shock value. Oh like, my god, I'm looking right at you, Dietrich. You <laughs> <laughs> <Little> bitch. <laughs> What year was this, dude? Oh, wow. That is you. <laughs> you guys oh, didn't man. see the album cover? <laughs> no, I did, but I didn't know it was Dietrich. It's like Dietrich from like 20 years ago. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I was going to say, like, the like the rhymes in this are really fucking awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that changes everything. <laughs> Friends, like, I'm probably never going to listen to this band again. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go see him live. Let's go okay. check it out. Um, so, uh, I, so, I'm going to say... If this was a test, I don't know who... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, T-Trick. I don't think it changes my mind. <laughs> I don't want it to change your mind. That's what I'm I don't want it to change your mind at all. Um, this was one of those dummy tracks that we just recorded because I had made the track like two months prior and we didn't have nothing to do with it and we were just doing filler tracks and so we just were drinking. That's all we did. It was literally record and drink, record and drink some more, record and drink some more. So when we finally came up with this one, I was like, yeah, let's go ahead and throw it on there, even though I didn't want to, but we did. I don't think I've ever seen you with a hat on, so maybe that's what's throwing me off. It's like this whole Clark Kent Superman thing. Baby face, baby face Dietrich. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, those were the days. You know, I don't think any of us, the rest of us, are ever going to get to pick one of our songs (laughs) that we actually made. (laughs) Let me uh, dig in the arc. I have, like, some stuff that I recorded, like, from, like, 25, 30 years ago, and it's probably really weird. (laughs) I can scrape it up. We'll see. Put it out there. We actually released this one. This was an actual release. It went on Pandora, or it should have been on Pandora, and all the other social media outlets at the time. Um, We released it on CD Baby and a couple of other charts and the first album that we sold was out of Tokyo, Japan. I'm like, are you serious? And and they were like, <laughs> it's like you know what I'm saying? They kept reading up on 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 CDs because they were just buying it out like on stock. I'm like, man, okay, cool. So they 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 messed with us in Japan and, and China and, and Okinawa and the whole now. So like, yeah, let's that's what's up. Let's go. Let's get it. Did nice. you did you go overseas and tour or what? No, I did not go overseas. We did go like a little like Chitlin circuit tour, went around a couple of places, other cities and whatnot, but I did not go overseas, mainly because I have my passport, but one of the individuals, uh, they were on parole and they could not get a passport, so therefore they could not go. Oh, okay. right, I'm a little curious, are, are the other two dudes, do they do anything now? 
Uh, as far as rapping wise, no. Well, yeah. one producer, the light skinned one, his name is Samurai. Shout out to him. He produces uh, music, and the other one is uh, Van Gogh, and he's working Capital Metro and, and doing his dances, taking care of his family, and the whole now. So, I mean, every once in a while, we'll we'll bring up songs or start talking about stuff. But the whole album in itself, that was like, yeah, that, that was our bread and butter. And then we did shows all around town. Um, you know, went to a couple of spots, met a bunch of uh, different artists and, and crazy stuff. Devin the Dude, Michael Watts. Uh, I did a, a openings for Big Hawk and, and, uh, Lil Kiki, um, Murphy Lee from the Lunatic, Lunatics with Nelly. Um, you know, little stuff like that. So, like, yeah, we were, wow. That was there on my So, sp- how many episodes? <laughs> <laughs> This is the only one that made sense, man. It's like, yeah, let me throw this in the mix. And, and like, let me just let you guys know what else I've done. <laughs> I think, I think only fair is I should give you some of my writing so then you can be critical of it. No, 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 no. I knew when I put this one up, it was not going to be winning any Grammys by any means. So it's like, yeah, let me just throw this in the mix because it fits the title so perfectly. Yeah. And, I like it. I actually like this song. Heineken. That was my part. That was that was my purpose. That everybody like all the all the weird stuff is in it. That was my stuff because I didn't want to make it like a, a traditional rap where I'm just rip, 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 rip. I wanted to make it like an actual party scene. So that makes sense, man. That's like such a humor humor uh, slap a Heineken for a Heineken. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I'd have put That's that. My favorite line now. I want a t-shirt, man. I want a t-shirt. Want a t-shirt. <laughs> All to the good. So yeah, man. So, All right, wow. I got lots of questions for you. So, Taj, what song did you record that we listened to? I didn't record it. <laughs> Todd's just like a producer out in Tokyo. <laughs> no. It, it, the only recording I ever did was as a kid. Did you ever play like you were a radio, uh, uh, radio DJ and like record on a cassette tape over music? That's I'll the only recording I oh, ever I so did. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, that's like old school choice tracks from like 83. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I have no other recordings. Oh, man. Yeah, we gotta get you rapping, man. I'll take I'll get you in the studio. <laughs> we can go from there. <laughs> got you. Auto tune will fix everything, bro. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. I love awesome. it. <laughs> love it. All right. So uh my choice song. So um I w- learned about this band through my wife. So my wife loved this band. <laughs> and so when I first met her, uh she uh would constantly play their albums. And so um I've heard this song many, many a time and um it just it picked the you know, picked it fit the topic so well. I tried to you know, I was trying to find like a bluesy drinking song or like, you know, maybe a country drinking song, but then I just went straight into the hardcore party <laughs> drinking. And so the band I picked was uh, LMFAO, and the song I picked was Shots. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's, 
I mean, what else can you say? Like, it's crazy because, like, the lyrics are so simple, yet it rocks. Like, I I think there's probably less than, well, except for, like, the rapping. But, you know, like, it's not lyrically advanced. Like, it is just a simple, straight-up party song about shots. The club, all eyes on me. <laughs> so yeah uh but yeah it was um yeah i've heard it like i said so it was and the so the just to cover who lmfao is in case somebody doesn't know um there it's a was a grandson and a half brother so the the two people is uh red foo and sky blue um and so the they're the they're an electronic dance uh, music duo um so that it was weird they kind of they came on the scene blew up um and then they uh parted ways but they're still family but like they, they were they were up there for like a good like almost 10 years played the super bowl and then they're like yeah we're gonna take a break <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah so um but yeah and 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 shots isn't even one of their biggest songs it's but it's probably <laughs> it's been used a lot so but yeah shots was what um kind of put them it's between that and i'm in miami bitch like that's right in, in miami those were the songs that like put them all and then when they came out with party rock oh and, yeah Damn shuffling and, and the whole nine. That's what took him over the edge. So yeah, Brandon, I know you're gonna love this track. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you you really can't be you can't be mad at it. But it's Little John. At the end of the day, it's Little John on the LMFAO. You know, their uncle, nephew, whatever you want to call them. Right. Like, they were definitely in there, and um, yeah, they held their they held their lane. Yeah, that's for sure. Lil John does help the album because Lil John is just like he, he like yeah. Between that, was I'm sexy and I know it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Lil John someone's going? Is he the one that's saying shot, 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 shots? Because he was just like shot. Right. You ain't gonna the fuck out the club. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, and uh, it, I went because I had never seen it. To, but to get ready for for this episode, I did go and watch the music video. <laughs> so like the music video is like crazy because like it's it goes it's daytime and then it, it, when the uh, when the beat drops, it, it it does like later that evening, <laughs> and then it's like them at night, and th- that's when you know he he comes in with with that whole part. You know, if you ain't drunk, get get the fuck out of the club. So. <laughs> But yeah. So, what did you guys think? <laughs> All right. Before y'all bash it, I was just going in here and say, masterpiece, excellent choice track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything we talking about, and I love party tracks. I'm all into them. Anything that you're doing that's a party, I'm damn sure gonna be on there because all I can picture is foam, um, bikinis, and liquor flying everywhere. Yeah. Somebody with the sparklers on it, yeah. in somebody's mouth, and and next thing you know, you look up and it's like, damn, I got a tattoo on my face. Where did I, where did I get that shit from? And uh, yeah. That's that's the mix that it brought me into. So I was like, right there, let's get it. Yeah, this definitely is like a a hangover type situation where yeah, you're out with your buddies, you think you're cool, you're surrounded by like fifty chicks in you know, bikinis, whatever. It's spring break, uh-huh. uh, and then you wake up upside down with a tattoo on your face, <laughs> underwear on your head, and a tiger in your bathroom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
and you somehow have breast implants. What? Okay, from. So, Brandon? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the song, I've heard the song before. Um, right. I think it's been used in either movies or TV shows many times. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it totally fits the, the topic for sure. It is a party song. Uh, again, I think it's been acknowledged I'm not big into party songs. But this is an effective party song, for sure. It, it is very uh, contagious. Uh, is that the word I'm looking for? Like, yeah, like it's very, it's it, it is very catchy for sure. Um, it is stupid <laughs> at the same time. Like, there's not there's not much to this song. But like, if you're in this situation and you've been drinking a lot, and this song comes on, you're gonna be having more shots. And uh, yeah, so the song the song totally works, but it's not a song I can enjoy sober by any means so you know and i will not be playing this song put this in a playlist while i'm driving because you know it's not that kind of song it's a song that will continue the the party you know put it push it into another echelon (laughs) another stratosphere (laughs) right this is gonna be at my next party i have i'm gonna be playing this song for sure (laughs) at 1 30 in the morning and then your right. fans gonna come on at two o'clock. Party's gonna go until okay. breaking down. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm realizing like my drinking songs are like those ones where the guy's in the corner in the bar. He's the bar fly who's just drinking his sorrows away. Those are my kind of drinking songs, not the party ones. I, you know, I'm that guy too sometimes. Um, yeah, that's, there's a there's a time and a place, you know. But uh, LMFAO, Lil John, fucking getting nuts. Just shot, 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 shot. <laughs> That's so, good, man. What's interesting is like, is like they're like, are they? You can't tell whether they're a serious or a comedian band, but because they, they're just crazy, like they're just so unique that you have to take them serious. But at the same time, you're like, they could almost just be poking fun at all this and, and laughing well, like, on their way. Well, to the John's band. like, yeah, yeah. Well, John's like, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. They they said in a bunch of interviews, they never expected to be taken seriously, but they expect people to listen to the music. And that part they took seriously because when it came to a party time, they were literally the the epitome of party time from not only how they dressed to how they moved to who they talked with. Like this is this is a like a uncle and a, and a, and a nephew type situation. Like you're, you're not supposed to be partying with your uncle like that. <laughs> when your uncle got wild hair out and these crazy glasses on and he's wearing Speedos and, and fucking like laminate pants like how can you not chill with that dude dude i want to be that guy on the weekend for sure just turn up for real and then just throw everything on and then just be serious with it as far as if you're gonna be like if you're gonna go silly with it go 100 silly with it and people are gonna love it if you try to be serious with it nobody's gonna pay attention to you and that's exactly the route they took it it worked I'm a fan for sure. <laughs> so, all right. If you ain't getting drunk, you ain't taking shots, get your butts out of the clubs. Right? Yeah. <laughs> get out, sorry. 
Yeah. Cool, cool. So here's yeah. out. Everybody's in. Um, hey, Taz, what do you think about switching over? What, what, what's, what's your thought process? Yep, let's go and uh, flip the record over and drop the needle on side B. Um, so we uh, had some homework from last week, um, and I think Brandon gave it to us. I did, yes. Um, man, I'm losing track of time. Like, when was the last choice album I did? <laughs> I think it was it was Ghost, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was. So anyway, yeah, it was Ghost. Yeah, because we did Rat Pack, and then I just went with the rats. That's so, right. Yeah. So you know, I think I surprised everyone by picking an album from 2018, and no surprise, I went back to the 70s, <laughs> uh, the early 70s, actually. In fact, the year was 1970. And the homework that you had was the album Maggot Brain by Funkadelic. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Well, I think I do know. I think the first time I ever discovered Funkadelic was actually, again, with this, uh, this site, eMusic. I think it was one of their albums that was on uh, the front page. I think it was a reissue around that time. I can't remember exactly what year, probably sometime in the 2000s, but it definitely... Uh, piqued my curiosity and and I downloaded it and uh, immediately fell in love. And I don't know if I had ever heard of Funkadelic at that time. Like, I, di- I did know who Parliament was, but I also had never really listened to a lot of Parliament. And I did go listen to Parliament later after listening to Funkadelic, but Funkadelic was really more my true in- introduction to George Clinton, more so than Parliament, even though I had heard more Parliament songs up till that point. But Funkadelic definitely was transcendent for me, um, and I wanted to hear everything by them. So just a, a quick little um, history on Funkadelic. Uh, they were formed in Jersey in 1968. But before that, they were actually a backing band for George Clinton's vocal group. And they were actually called the Parliament. And they were like a doo-wop group. And the, ba- bar- the backing band didn't actually have a name. And it wasn't until 1968 that the name was selected. And partly that was because George Clinton wanted to take the parliament. He wanted to keep the parliament name, but there was dispute with the record company. So he just went ahead and created a, a new band. And that was the, the Funkadelics. And um, so that's pretty much how, how they all started. Uh, Funkadelics is a psychedelic rock soul funk band. Um, they were definitely influenced by musicians like Jimi Hendrix, Sly and the Family Stones, the MC5. Um, their influences were popular music and political movements of the time. Um, they had released two albums by the time Macabrain came out in 1971. And what's awesome about about this album uh, this was also the final album with the original original group um what i love about the album is just the sound i i think the sound's incredible the harmonies are fantastic um i'm a big fan of of funk and and rock and they definitely influenced so many musicians uh later on you know rock funk hip-hop artists um, just really quick, like George Clinton, if you don't know who he is, definitely look into him. But another big part of that group was, uh, Bernie Warhol, Whirl. Uh, he was the keyboardist. Um, he actually was not credited on the first album, but by the second one, he was. What's really interesting about the first album, not everybody was credited because they were still under contract with the record company, but it was pretty much like, it was like Parliament's, uh, like vocals 
and some of the the studio musicians and they couldn't be credited until the second album uh but anyway um yeah man like i said funkadelic i think is is fantastic i just really like the sound um you know i don't think there's a bad track on the album the album starts with almost like a 10 10 minute song and uh it's really trippy and then you know the next few songs are very different from that and then it ends with another 10 minute jam session um yeah i like i said i just i really love the album i curious to see what you guys have to say uh i don't feel like i'm doing justice you guys should really just listen to it um if I had to pick my favorite song, it would actually be track two, and that's Can You Get To That. That's my favorite song. It's one that I can actually, uh, I like to sometimes sing to myself. It's just, I don't know, I just, I totally dig it. Um, it was kind of a commercial failure. Um, Parla- and then, oh, by the way, uh, Parliament uh, reformed back in 1974, and by 1982, uh, Funkadelic was, was done. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, Parliament definitely had more commercial success than Funkadelic did. But, you know, I might be going on a limb here saying this. I'm more of a Funkadelic guy than I am a Parliament guy, but I do like Parliament. I just enjoy the sound of Funkadelic a little bit more. Um, so yeah, MAGA brain, Funkadelic, tell me what you thought. Well, didn't they combine, they combined the band, right? So it's like Parliament, Funkadelic, P-Funk right now. Well, yeah, P-Funk was the sound. It was like Parliament and Funkadelic together. Yeah, and, and so. Parla- Funkadelic was considered like the sister group of Parliament. But then they combined forces and now they're like, they're still going, right? They're still Parliament's still going. Funkadelic is not. I, I think Parliament's still going, but I know Funkadelic is not around. So anymore. George Clinton, was he a part of the original lineup? Yes. Clinton is the original lineup. <laughs> yeah, George Clinton is part of the original lineup. George Clinton in 1968 helped create Funkadelic. And then in 74, right. Parliament came back. Okay, okay. And it seemed like a dumb question, but like, not really, because it's so different now. The sound, I think, with P-Funk is way different. I, I fucking love this album. Uh, I can't believe I didn't know about this. I love the album cover. It's so trippy. You know, it's a chick's head coming out of the ground. Like, I guess she's got some, like, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's like a rock, uh, fucking extravaganza, man, with like, just like the funk behind it makes it so much more badass. And the guitar is amazing. Um, Maggot Brain, I love that jam, the jam session, you know, and that is like superb, you know, you can't go wrong with that. My favorite track is Super Stupid. Um, fucking awesome. It's a really funny name, but I can see how they're like very political. I think Wars of Armageddon in the last song on that album, that's very political. Uh, it's kind of funny too when it starts out. He's just like shouting like, I, I gotta go to work! He's like, shut up! You hear like a kid crying or something? I don't know what was going on there, but... Uh, kind of like, I think it's kind of like showing how people, real people have to live, live like real people and, uh, other stuff, of course. Yeah. I'm a fan of George Clinton, P-Funk, um, and I fucking love this shit. So that's my take. Oh, good. Uh, I was going to say that first and foremost, I already said before we started this, this podcast, um, my favorite song on that album was super stupid. <laughs> 
just just off top, just because that was that was my jam. That's what I. Okay. I, yeah. So we're on the same page. That's yeah. on the second hand, um, Brandon. I kind of feel where you're coming from because I know you love instrumentation. I know you love experimental sounds and 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 things that do fall under that psychedelic realm. So when it comes to Parliament versus Funkadelic, Funkadelic was more of the experimental path of you know trying to make sounds that don't necessarily go together go together and and create an actual like organic feel out of it whereas you know parliament when it came around that was more so the mainstream music let's keep the main line going let's keep the main beats going yeah we can still add in psychedelic rock with it but it's more of the funk that that carried over in that tune so um i definitely see the difference between the two and I love, you know, both of them. I love all of it. Anything George Clinton put his hands on, I'm in love with it. Mainly because he went the routes that nobody else would go. He did the sounds that nobody else would do. He composed tracks that nobody else was doing at the time and literally made his own lane off of it. And nobody can ever take that away from him. Anybody who tries, like all those other artists that literally came after the fact, Bootsy Collins being a part of the group and going his separate ways and Catfish and the whole nine, like anybody that went and did their own separate thing, I'm not mad at him at all. But when you come down to it, to me, he is the godfather of funk. He is the godfather. Well, I'm not going to say the godfather. He's one of the founders of soul. And definitely, um, I will give him all praise to the high because if he's in concert right now, I'm damn sure going because that's going to be a trippy ass time just to hear all the songs that's being played from that. But yeah, Super Stupid was my pick off the top. Okay. Cool. So um, when you mentioned uh, this album, um, I'd remembered seeing it. I, you might mentioned it to me before, but I know I remember seeing it in a thousand in that book, a thousand albums to hear before you die. And I know I gave it a try, you know, uh, a while back, but you know, I, I don't, I didn't stick with it. So, you know, I did stick with it this time, listened to it several times. Um, you know, I had to make sure that, you know, I listened to, to the first and last song, you know, um, in its entirety without interruptions, because <laughs> those songs you have to listen without interruptions and the other ones are shorter. Um, so just kind of my kind of my my top three. So number three is the hit it and quit it. <laughs> it is that's just a an awesome song. Um, number two is I'm actually gonna put Maggot Brain because I, I like that song. It, that so it, I think part of why this album is so iconic is it, Maggot Brain is kind of like bringing you into a dream, and then Wars of uh, Armageddon is bringing you out into a nightmare, <laughs> and and then you have songs in between, but. Uh, Maggot Brain is what's interesting about it and what I'm kind of curious about is like it's almost a master class in playing with distortion because it looks like they go through every possible different type of distortion you can do on the distortion pedal and I'm not sure if they're doing it in editing or in real time because it, probably it's real time probably I would say real then. time like it's similar it seems similar to like Jimi Hendrix that was real time you don't yeah. think so Brandon well I can or, tell you that there the final mix is different than what they originally recorded that there were more vocals involved in that song and 
Quentin took out pretty much all the vocals. Mm. Okay. But yeah, they the, can the, get that effect though with real time. They can't. Yeah, but the that. legend is, is that the song, I don't know if this is true, but the legend is, is that they, the 10 minute song was recorded in its entirety live. And then when they went Holy to do the, the final mix, yeah. there were changes that were made. Okay. And rumor is too that George yeah. Clinton was totally on LSD the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> So my question earlier though is like what what came before this album? Is this this isn't the first album, right? This is the third album by Funkadelic. And George Clinton was a part of the first album too? Like he was, he was a part there of from the, the whole... beginning. Okay. He was there from okay. the beginning. Yeah. It's so weird. I didn't did, I didn't go down that rabbit hole with him before because I just loved P Funk. That's all I listened to. I never really thought, oh, Funkadelics. Parliament, Parliament Funkadelics combined, you know, it just never made sense. I never, I never put two and two together. I didn't know they existed really. So, but what a good find, man. Oh my God. So, so my, my top track, and I was going back and forth between Macabrain and this one, and, and I totally forgot that you had picked this, Dietrich, but it's super stupid. Like that song, like even the, the, the lyrics, you're like, but once it gets in there, you're like, hey, I'm hooked. I, I don't know. I keep going back to this song. <laughs> it's like, it's just like. <laughs> to, to me, I, I'm going to be honest. Wow. That was where Parliament picked up. Off of that song, you all fucking love that song. It is good. It's a good jam. Holy shit! Yeah. Like you, you get to bob into it. It's like, oh, this is actually could be mainstream. You know, it's still it's still out right. there, but it could be mainstream and flow with it. And it's like, yep, that that was that was my mix. So, no, it's funny because like this is definitely party music too, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And you just said you don't like party music as much, but this is this could be a chill out album as well. So it's like that's kind of like their vibe, I think. Uh, this is party music with the soul. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, <laughs> this is this would be great for like a party for sure. Right. So, you think Maggot Brain and War of Armageddon is a party song? I think some of the songs no. on the album are no. party songs, not the whole album. <laughs> for sure, for sure, dude, for sure. Yeah. I, w- I was gonna mention because it just dawned on me: it, War of Armageddon is like a version of another brick in the wall, but like. Tw- 20 or 30 years before then. I mean, okay. It, it, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I you know, like the shouting and then like, it is kind of like, yeah. uh, Pink Floyd. The wall was not, the wall didn't come out 20, 30 years later after this song. No, it was like really I was close trying to, to look it. That right? up. Yeah. No, Pink Floyd's wall came out in the seventies. Yeah. It was like really close to the time that this came out. Well, which, which one came out? Okay. Well, I'm that, pretty sure this did first. This came out first. Yeah. I was pretty. Why did okay? When I looked up something, it said that came out. I was just I was doing a quick search, and maybe I was looked up the wrong version. Yeah, it came out in '79. I think this is an era of experimental music. It's an era of lots of drugs. Our our parents were all on drugs, even though they said they weren't. (laughs) They didn't want us doing anything bad, but they were they were doing everything under their sun, man. It was yes. a free love and time. This is after free love. This is after Woodstock. This is right during the time where, you know, music is taking a change. It's, it's changing. It's, it's course is flipping and it's going over towards disco as the main sound. But if you know anything about George Clinton, George Clinton's not going to disco. <laughs> <laughs> he might party with you if you like disco, but Sam, I would love to see that collaboration, man, the mashup. Too. Like he is a true musician, so it, it definitely hit those valves and got everything running. So I'm good with it. George Clinton and Giorgio Marauder. That would be a fucking awesome collaboration right there. 
I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Cool. Well, all right. Well, um, for before we pick up that needle, Diedrich, you have some homework for us? I surely do. Um, this is coming from an artist that we have not covered um, that I can think of. And it's probably for a reason that we don't really cover that music as much. And so when I start thinking about it, it's like, what's what's a good genre that we haven't all the way tapped into yet? And so my pick is coming from an album that I actually like. It came out in 2019. It's Luke Combs. What you see is what you get. Um, yes, we're going down the country path. So, yeah, Luke Combs is, is one of those albums that I actually vibe with, I listen to. Um, there was a song on there that, that maybe listen to it. It's called Beer Never Broke My Heart. And from then on, I just listened to the whole album. So Luke Combs, What You See Is What You Get is the name of the song and the album. Oh, it's the name of the album and the artist. Okay. Go check that right. out. Sounds good. Well, uh, this has been uh, Choice Tracks. Uh, you can email us at choicetracks.com or find us on or e- e- email us at choicetracks at gmail. Sorry, or uh, find us on our website at choicetracks.com. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. And let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm I'm still Damon after this episode. Yeah, and I'm slapping a honey for a Heineken. I'm Dietrich. <laughs> I'm going to have tons of Heineken on ice this summer. All right. So, damn it. 16, yeah. 24, 32. Oh. 16, 24, 32. <laughs> there, there you go. I think I got a peach instead of it. <laughs> I'll have a Heineken right. for a Heineken. All right. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pick up that needle, but you keep spinning those choice tracks. <laughs>